Hello, I'm Marinovska, the Russian comedian. Is anybody behind me? Because this is the ego's last stand you're watching. When I come around, got the whole thing wobbing. And we're back for another episode of the ego's last stand. I'm your host today, Josh Sarn. Brandy is on assignment. She's at home, sick, in bed, and we're all really depressed about that. But today... We have the amazing J.P. Sears in the house, man. Hey, Josh. How's it going? I, I just checked it. It's going pretty well. You know, for a redhead, I think I'm holding it together pretty good. That, you know, I, I, for a redhead, I like how you brought that in, the, the fact that, you know, no one notices that you're a redhead at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I like to play my discrepancy right in people's faces so they feel sorry for me right off the bat, <laughs> and I get social status points for victimizing myself. Sure. For no reason. You know, uh, we were we were talking about uh, your shoes before we got on the air, and uh, dude, I tell you what, I I personally like them, and I believe in the theory behind it. So yeah, the toe shoes. Right. I I enjoy them too. Honestly, I've been wearing toe shoes for twelve years now. Typically, when I exercise or I'm on planes or I don't want to be hit on by women. And, yeah, I personally, I love them, too. They make your feet m way more functional. I think that affects the rest of your body. And You, you know, don't get you don't get shin splints? Absolutely. Yeah, you usually don't get back pain or anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And and to be trendy, I think toe shoes are the tofu of footwear. So, <laughs> you know, for all the tofu lovers who like to pretend that plants are meat, you can do that with your feet now. <laughs> I absolutely love them myself just because of the fact that uh, when I used to wear them, uh, running was just so much easier, and your feet are really light. And once you get used to them, and that was the big pain in the ass. So how long did it take you to get used to them? So back when I started wearing them, they were horrendously uncomfortable. Like you could be sitting down, and they're just uncomfortable, like tighter on the Achilles heel. But once they got the recipe right, um, I think I was already used to them. But I'll say this. I'm not a runner. Uh, there's been maybe three times I've done sprints in the shoes, and one time they were uphill sprints. And I'm thinking, you know, I've been using these for several years for my workouts, just walking around. Like an idiot, I just hauled off to my whole sprint workout in the toe shoes. The next day, the bottoms of my feet hurt so bad because yeah. using all those muscles and tendons in a, you know, running in a way you never wear. I think what people don't realize, we're going to change the way people think today, but. <laughs> That's what we're doing. You know, if you, if you wore mittens your whole life, or boxing gloves, sure. your finger dexterity and strength of your hands would be so impaired. Well, that's what we do with our feet with right. regular shoes. But then you start wearing toe shoes, and it's very similar. Like, okay, now I've taken the boxing gloves off for the first time in 30 years. Your hands are weak, and as you learn to use them again, you know, you hold something for five minutes, it'll make you really sore the next day. So sure. thus it happens with our feet. Yeah, and, you know, we, we were never meant to run with shoes on we just weren't yeah. we were, we're not built that way as humans and that, that ted talk have you seen that guy that does that ted talk about that uh, no i don't watch intelligent things online <laughs> not at all huh? you know. but uh, is that the what is it the barefoot running guy yeah what the hell's his name i can't remember it um he, he really he always brags about that uh the indian lady that uh ran the boston marathon he always talks about her and i, I can't remember her name either but it was very indian um <laughs> <but> <laughs> Um, but he, he, I mean, it's brilliant when he when he, he 
that's what sold me on on yeah. getting these shoes because I was like, well, shit, oh, okay, I guess I should try that, and it sucked the first like two weeks. Yeah, God, it sucked. And, and and this guy who shall remain remain nameless because right. we're not smart enough to remember one man's name well, who has we'll impacted probably, our lives. We'll probably get sued because like, how dare you mention my name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe he has ties to the toe shoe running companies, does he? No, because I, I, he's really all about barefoot. Yeah, which is like I love that idea of his TED talk, which I haven't seen, but I'm highly I'm going to endorse it now because yeah. like <laughs> ignorance is wonderful and who cares? <laughs> but I love the fact that you could rely on his TED talk a little bit more because there's no money to be made in bare feet. Right. Like there's money to be lost in bare feet. You're not going to sell shoes and. I think he's got a book, so maybe he sells that. But so I, I love the fact that, like, oh yeah, I'm out promoting bare feet, and there's literally no money to be made in that. Well, I mean, from what I understand, though, he sells bandages, and uh, so he's just <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> by the truckload. Right. Yeah, here's the broken glass in the bottom of your feet bandage kit. And you buy three, get the fourth one free. I think maybe Michael Jordan's to blame for the whole shoe phenomenon. Because if it wasn't for him, wearing shoes wouldn't be cool. No, that's true. I mean, it, well, I mean we're throwing back to the 70s stuff now. I yeah. mean, all those, those what, what were those, uh, the high top sneakers, those old school 70s ones? I, yeah. I just, I, I refuse to go back to the 70s. I'm not wearing bell bottoms again. You can't make me. Okay, I'm just not doing it. Yeah, you know what, what kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth along those lines? Have you seen Ruth the Ladies? Now it's in fashion wearing high-waisted jeans high-waisted skirts um if they're latino i'm all about it because yeah. wow um but th as far as the <laughs> like the average person doing it, i don't think they can pull it off you gotta have curves well i mean those those ladies doing that thing you gotta have curves and i wouldn't argue with that however for me no matter how curved you are how in shape you are as a lady you know, I grew up watching Steve Urkel, and I just can't get past <laughs> women watching. Like, m my wife bought some high-waisted skirts. She tried them on and said, doesn't this look good? And I absolutely lied through my teeth. I said, oh, yeah, you look great <laughs> in them. Very smart but man. all I, I'm seeing a white lady version of Steve Urkel, and that is not attractive to me. No, no. Does she laugh like that, too? Or? She doesn't. She oh, looks okay. like him, though. <laughs> she, she's actually a black man, but okay. identifies as a white lady. <laughs> How long have you been married? I've been married since June second, two thousand eighteen, so a little over a year. Wow! All right, all right. I've been married eighteen years. Wow! Yeah. So all, all to the same person? Yeah. And if if uh, you want to push me in front of a moving car when we go outside, I'm for that. That's fine. Uh, uh, happy to. Make sure it's a big car. I don't want to limp away. You know. <laughs> so well, that makes me curious. What would you say are the top? Uh, you know, one, two, or three mistakes slash learning points you've learned in 18 years of marriage and what are the you know top one or two or three like must have well, lessons the the must haves are definitely you got to have communication you've got to mm -hmm. talk to each other um you have to have uh that kind of love that just doesn't go away with an argument because yeah. if you've got that fly-by-night love you're fucked you're not <laughs> going anywhere in that relationship um you have to have uh Staying power, longevity, and I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about you've got to be able to just go through the highs and lows. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you've got to be able to do that. Uh, the mistakes, um, all mine. She knows it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
because I have this affliction called being a guy. Yeah. So it, it just we're dumb creatures. We really are. And we make such stupid mistakes. And we're simple to figure out, though. And that's where the problems come in because they're very complex. They're very harebrained and off the cuff. And they just – I didn't mean harebrained. Well, fuck, fuck it. I meant harebrained. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you meant. <laughs> He's like a therapist. This is great. Uh, <laughs> say more. <laughs> say more. Just get it off your chest, Josh. <laughs> it's a safe space. It's a safe space. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just, uh, they're very complex and we're very simple. And I think that's where all the problems come in because they, they want things without telling us they want yeah. things. And they do things that doesn't make any sense to us. And yeah. Yeah. And with communication, because that's something I, man, at times I feel like a Zen master at it. At other times I feel like um, just like a, like a jellyfish, like a, like a, wha- how whatever else I can say to make this horrible analogy make me sound like an idiot. Like I, I suck at communication at times. So I'm curious, like, what are your keys to good communication? Uh, honesty. You ha- and it doesn't matter if it's going to hurt her feelings or not. you got to be bluntly honest and just take the hit. Yeah. You know, uh, Especially like, <laughs> A, you screw up. Just say you screwed up. Yeah. I, there's so many guys out there that make it worse because they just, oh, I can't admit I screwed up. Or, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want her to know. And just be honest. Just be, take the damn hit. You know, it's like, be a grown-up. Yeah. Have a grown-up conversation. I, you know, I, I highly endorse the honesty. I think, you know, you're, you're a spineless douchebag if you're not. Right. How my area of communication I struggle with, and, and I think honestly, this makes me dishonest at times. I struggle with being very honest with her when I'm upset. Like when I'm angry, and you know, especially angry at her, because I, ha- I hate to say, I have a fear of conflict. You know, and in, in my fear is if I get angry, like you did this, and I, like I, I feel really upset, or you've been been neglecting this stuff, I've been having to pick up all the slack. My fear is she'll get angry at me for being angry. And at times when I've been angry, uh, honest with my anger, of course that happens. Yeah. Not every time, but sometimes. And I am so spineless. Like it scares me to death when my lady's angry at me. So take a breath, calm yourself down. And then once you're calm, go in there and say it in the most direct adult way you can say it. Because yeah. that's, that's what I, I – I, uh, I was blessed with having some really good leaders in my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, through military and law enforcement, I've had some people that I – had, I had a major that was pissed at me. And I'm talking. He was heated. Because mm-hmm. I spoke way out of turn. I shouldn't have said things I said in a very critical situation. And uh, he waited probably two hours to talk to me. And then uh, he, I was on post. He walked over to me. He said, "He goes, hey, ma'am, let me let me talk to you for a second. Sure, sir. You know, we walk outside. And he looked at me, and he just put it very frank to me. But it was done in such an adult, impressive way mm. that I just it stuck with me for the rest of my life. So anytime I'm in a situation where I need to say something that they're not going to like, yeah, I calm down first. Then I go in there and I approach it the exact same way he did because it was brilliant, and it got the point across. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. Okay, I'll never do that again." <laughs> I like that. I think a lot of times we, and I'll own it, I have had childish examples of anger modeled in my life where things get temperamental, there's a lot of blaming, hyperbole, piling on, and it's just like this illogical circle that will end in nothing but destruction if you take it to the nth degree. Sure. But that approach it like an adult 
kind of thing yeah. being I don't know how any way to, to say it other than that way. No, it, yeah. I, I think it, it sounds very wise. And I think anger, it's an inherently a, a messy, intense emotional state to be in. And I'd imagine it's kind of like, you know, I've never been in battle. I mentioned before we got on air, I won't even play Frisbee. <laughs> I'm not scared of confrontation. But I'd imagine if you go into battle, it's obviously like the most intense scenario I could ever imagine. But if you approach it like a an adult rather than a hysterical child, you're probably going to be much more effective in that scenario and therefore in a much smaller situation like anger with your spouse. I mean, I'd, I'd rather be in combat than get in an argument with my wife. <laughs> so just saying. It's probably safer. <laughs> it's totally safer. Um, yeah, you, you know, it's 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 listening without defending and, yeah, and speaking without huge. offending. You know, you, you try you try and say things without offending them, and you try and listen without defending yourself. Yeah. You know, and it, it's hard. That it's very that hard. that big one, a, a wise mentor of mine in, in my early twenties, he said one of the biggest uh, gifts you can give your partner, and it's so intimate, is allowing them to be upset without you being defended. Right, and it—that's so hard. It's like such a it's check of your ego. It is. It is. Yeah, you, you got to put it on the floor and just step on it and say, "Stay there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> but otherwise, the other person—they're never going to be heard. The more we defend, the less we hear them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the more you say, the less I'm hearing because yeah. I'm just in a needy state. I need to be heard. Here's my defense, and you know, taking things so personally. But you're you're not giving them the gift of being heard so nothing ever diffuses but i find with my lady when i fuck it up plenty of times but at times when i can actually be in that good state okay i'll be undefended i'll hear her i won't defend i'll just hold the space for her and the energy discharges it yeah. discharges quicker that way for sure absolutely yeah. yeah um switch gears a little bit uh vegans yeah how you feel about them Vegans, you know, I used to be a vegan. Now I identify as a Caucasian. <laughs> and, you know, I think vegans are cool. I eat, personally, I eat a strict vegan diet. Do you? And I eat a meat-eating diet simultaneously. Right. You know, multitasking. Yeah, and you know, it's brilliant, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm the originator of it, but I, I'm a proponent of vegan suck. It's a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> so, I <laughs> everything I've watched, your st- I mean, you're always very, like, you, you, you make fun of but you do it in such a nice way it's like it's very gentle and uh it, and i said to our engineer i said um <laughs> i said hey, i wonder how he'll feel about my hashtag that because i'm always saying flat earth people suck and vegans suck i don't like either one of those groups. you don't think the earth is flat <laughs> no I, you know i don't i don't think you know to me vegans my wife is a vegan is she and you know, there there are vegans who are hysterical and crazy. There are meat eaters who are hysterical and crazy. Right. When I make videos about vegans or comedy about vegans or comedy about anybody, really what I'm doing is trying to shine the light of awareness on the dysfunctional ego that tries to hide behind this noble-looking hiding spot. Right. Like, oh, you're being an asshole. No, I'm being a vegan. Right. Oh, you're being kind of saying, no, I'm being religious. That's right. No, you are an asshole. Quit hiding your assholeness behind this noble-looking trump card. Right. And, and, like, then do something about it. So, 
you know, I think we're all full of shit. We're all assholes. We all have an ego. And I think when we can be aware of how our ego is getting its needs met, where we tear others down and we have this insatiable need for significance, when we can become aware of it, we can check it. But when we're blind to it because we hide it from ourselves behind, like, I'm a vegan or I'm a crossfitter or I'm like, ah. Right. Then it runs out of control. Everybody but us knows it. <laughs> totally true. We're going to talk more about this. we got to take a commercial break real quick. So, guys, we'll be right back with JP. First rate comedy was second to none. The comics are waiting, so join in the fun. Two decades of moral decay. Comedy off Broadway. What's up, Kentucky? This is Rex Chapman. I've struggled with addiction in the past. Today, I'm often asked where someone can turn for help. Bridgeway Institute Kentucky offers NAD Plus IV therapy to end addiction without horrible withdrawals. I've used NAD Plus. NAD Plus is a revolutionary treatment that helps heal the brain-destroying disease of addiction. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, visit Bridgeway Institute at bridgewaywellnessgroup.com. You might just be the one to save a life. That's bridgewaywellnessgroup.com. And we're back. Man, I tell you what, I, I absolutely love this club, and that commercial was awesome. So, anyway, um, we were talking about vegan suck. Um, <laughs> first off, let me qualify this. I don't think your wife sucks. I think those <laughs> people suck. I was on the verge of fighting you. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> the, the people that exactly you were talking about, they're hiding behind. You can't have a conversation with them yeah. without them mentioning five or six times that they're a vegan. <laughs> and it drives me insane. And those are the people I'm talking about. The ones that just are always in your face going, you know, I, I'm a vegan, so I don't touch the meat. And I was like, well, you're probably a, single, too. As so, a yeah. vegan, as I don't like to destroy the planet. So it's fun <laughs> that you do. Yeah, you know, I think we lose ourselves anytime we self-identify with anything that we're not. When we become self-identified with the food religion of veganism, food religion of keto, carnivorism, a religious religion when we become self-identified with our job we're losing ourselves, and that according to my delusional point of view means now we're willing to die for the cause because we're identified with it we think we are the cause that's when someone is willing to die for a false belief that they believe sure but i i I think people get much more empowered when they like if they're a vegan or whatever the hell they are if they view that as a philosophy, not an identity, like oh, the way I eat is veganism, rather than I am I'm a, a vegan. vegan, right? Yeah, you know, totally. it's way different. Otherwise, like any, you're not a vegan, no. and that inherently threatens the vegan's identity because I have to make you wrong. Otherwise, if you're right the way you are, then I'm wrong. Then I'm inherently <laughs> yeah. there's something wrong with my self construct, and of course, there's something wrong with the self construct. Who you are isn't vegan. It's like some cool mystical soul that's beyond veganism. I think you just described why every war ever in history has been started. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, because that that is literally, this is my country. I'm from this country. You're from that country. Well, we think we're right. Well, no, you think you're right. Well, we have to go to war now. I mean, that's that's everything. Absolutely. And religious wars, and Mm -hmm. I think even, you know, I... I don't know anything about anything when it comes to world politics, yet I've heard some people hypothesize, like the U.S. has been starting wars over oil, 
And I think even that we could take it to the nth degree and be like, all right, some like Dick Cheney slime ball is so self-identified with money that he's willing to create wars in order for his, you know, his artillery companies that he's tied to to get more money because he thinks he is money. So he's willing to sacrifice human life and well-being. So you saw those reports. I um, did. I just <laughs> read them this morning. I wrote those reports. <laughs> I wrote them. Um, you know, religious things are, are very much the same way. Uh, you know, I was born Jewish, raised Catholic, and which is very that unique all by <laughs> itself. But, it, you know, I, I, a, a comic friend of mine, he always talks about how Jews always, like, will say they're Jewish in every sentence. They'll always, like, come out and start talking about it. And we were, we were in a conversation, and some guy walked up and started talking about Hitler. And I said, well, it's a funny thing to mention in front of a Jew. And my buddy goes, see, look, you just did it. I said, no, no, I bring up I'm a Jew when somebody starts talking about <laughs> Hitler. All right, there's a difference in what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> yeah, man, that that's heavy. <laughs> Speaking of Hitler, you know, I don't agree with all his philosophies. Uh, Hell of a painter. (laughs) Now, allegedly, he was a vegetarian. That's true. And I think that's where he went wrong. I think if he was a full-on vegan, then he would have been much more balanced, and none of this would have happened, obviously. The the fact of the matter is is that you can't drink that much petrol, um, thinking that it's, you know, just (laughs) decomposing, you know, plant life. You can't do that. You can't. But, you know, he did strike the match, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, he's <laughs> – he had a belief. <laughs> do, you, do you believe that, like, in any Internet conversation, yes. the minute right. Hitler is me- – you know what I'm talking about? The minute no. Hitler is mentioned, the, the, the thread, like, big argument threads, there's, like, some thing that's out there that says, like, the minute Hitler is, like, brought up, like, it kills the thread. Oh, I would think so. I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, where are you going to go from there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it really does – I mean, I'm sure it's appropriate sometimes, but, you know, maybe like similarly how in our social justice warrior culture, someone does something that someone else doesn't like and you just, well, you're Nazi. Well, you're not being logical. So we can't have any further conversation. You're not using your prefrontal cortex. You have this fiery emotional charge in your gut. Instead of dealing with it, you do this. It, like trump card thing but it's not really a trump card it just is in their mind sure. like you're a nazi like well i can't address that logically because i don't think it's uh, a statement that comes from your logic so we're speaking different languages even though they're both being formed in english that's you just described everything that's wrong with social media right now. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it exists, exists. is a big part of what's oh wrong God. with it and people think that that social media is just everything on there's fact and everything on – like, everybody thinks that way. And the fact of the matter is, is social media makes up a very small part of our population. I mean, yeah. very small. And Yet it takes up a large percentage of our attention. Sure. I think that's the, <laughs> the delusion. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, some of us, uh, you know, just – they feel that uh, the way that everybody in their group or social circles on their groups, if that's the way everybody's thinking, it's like this mob mentality on yeah. there. And the minute someone disagrees with them, they block them and ban them because I don't have to listen to them anymore. And it's just, how is how is that solving anything? How do you, I mean, no wonder nobody has uh, the ability to uh, debate things anymore. Yeah. They feel it's because someone disagrees with them that, well, well we're arguing now and you're not my enemy. Yeah. And, like, everything you just talked about comes into play. And it, it's ridiculous. Nobody has the ability to just have a conversation anymore. And you can agree to disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. A hundred percent. 
you know, I, I think the fine art of human connection is lost yeah. when we're not willing to accept each other in spite of disagreement. Right. You know, I think it takes a lot of courage and it takes a, a big, beautiful, loving heart to be able to say, like, oh, we completely disagree on this politics or whatever. And I accept you. Yeah. Like, I don't need to change you to make you other than the way you are. Yet. When we have a closed heart, when we hate ourselves and project that out on other people, we cut people off for disagreement. We don't accept them because I think there's a lot of us we don't accept. Sure. Like how we treat each other on the outside. Like, oh, fuck you. You disagree with me. You're not the way I think you should be. Right. We only do that because we do that to so much of our inner real estate. So we allow ourselves to be a little fraction of what we actually are. And yeah. we fucking hate the rest of ourselves. Because we don't have an open heart, we don't do anything about it, so we just treat the rest of the world the way we treat ourselves on the inside. That's a delusional opinion on my part, but I firmly believe what no, I just I, said. I, and I, I will fucking kill anybody who disagrees <laughs> with me on that. You know? <laughs> Put the gun down. Put the gun down. No. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think something – I think we're going to learn it. I think we're in the process of learning it. Which is, I think social media is inherently a terrible means with which to communicate each other. I think it's a great publishing platform, but much like a, a book, classic pr uh, publishing, it's not two-way communication. It's, right. it, it's like, here is a statement, and awesome, that's what it is. Right. But we pretend social media is something more than just publishing ideas. We pretend that it's a form of communication, but I think it holds like 1% of the communication potential that a conversation like sure. this does or sitting down with someone. When was the last time you were able to successfully uh, decipher exactly how someone meant something the way they typed it? <laughs> I mean – In my mind, every time. Right. What are you talking about, Josh? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean because you can't be sarcastic on there or angry on – I mean you got to pick everything in caps. Oh, yeah. you're angry now. No, my cap lock was stuck. I mean it's just – there's no way to effectively communicate on social media. You just can't do it. 100%. Uh, there, there's times where people ask me, like, how, how do you deal with negative comments? And, like, step one is don't read them. And step two <laughs> is if you happen to read them, don't engage. People are like, well, they're accusing me of this. And I said, I, I, I've shared and I firmly believe this. I don't think anybody's mind has ever been changed about anything in the comment thread on social media. You're Twitter, right. Facebook, YouTube never happened. But we approach it as though it happens all the time. I actually gained a friend uh, because of the way I responded to uh, a statement that this person did. This this uh, woman named Angie. She's uh, she's all over social media. Uh, she, uh, her page is called Questionable Thoughts with Angie. She's hysterical. Uh, she's a cancer survivor. She uh, got divorced, and she basically just said, you know what? Fuck the dumb shit. I'm just going <laughs> to speak my mind. And I love her. I love her because of that. Well, I have a... Um, I have a quote on my uh, my my Facebook page. It's uh, find something you love and let it kill you. Oh wow! And uh, well, it's uh, it, it's uh, and uh, God, uh, Angie. I'm sorry, I can't remember the damn name of the guy that said it. Um, but I just had the quote there. I didn't put who said it. And yeah. so she immediately gunned in and said, "That's so and so," and blah blah blah. And you're you're like, she just went off on this paragraph about how I'm plagiarizing and blah blah blah. Like just went nuts on me. <laughs> and I love that. my response was. You know, I'm only saying this because I care, 
there are a lot of decaffeinated brands on the market that are just as tasty as the real thing. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> I was like, I'll fix it. And she yeah. was like, you know what? I unfriended you, but I'm going to friend you back. That was funny. I was like, okay, thank you. I, I mean, love that. <laughs> it's like, good Lord, calm down. <laughs> well, that's a good quote. And, and also, I mean, obviously you're in the comedy world. Like, in a way, I get where Angie was coming sure. from. Like, granted, like, you can probably be a little less caffeinated about right. it <laughs> but you know much like you know probably the biggest sin you and i know of is if a, com- a comedian steals one of your jokes right. like it's just the least soulful thing you can do and right. you know i think quotes you know there's some people that will pass a quote off as their own like here's my name at the bottom like that is just sure. slimy as hell and, but i i share quotes all the time where i I don't know who said this. It fucking wasn't me, but right. here it is. Yeah. Do you know who uh, the comedian Nicole Arbor is? I do not. She's a dear friend of mine. She's got you know millions of online followers. She makes all kinds of wonderful viral videos. Uh, she's got her roots in stand-up. Super funny, super smart lady. Then, uh, before I go on with this story, just to make it a shitty story, I'm going to interrupt this story. Do you know who another guy <laughs> is named Jay Shetty? Yes, I know Jay. Okay, so Jay Shetty, like an inspirational guy, like you talk with a light tone of voice and like, change your life. <laughs> so, you got to watch this video. It's okay. a, like a seven or eight minute video where Nicole Arbor called Jay Shetty out for stealing all these jokes, or uh, uh, quotes, where she, she I mean, must have went hour took hours into this video to create it but she has these tony robbins quotes these uh paulo coelho quotes like dozens and dozens of them and then she shows the same quote showing up on jay shetty's twitter instagram with his name under the quote so she called him out and then she analogized him to uh carlos mencia when joe rogan called him out for stealing jokes (laughs) <laughs> not to, I mean, we, we don't say bad things about Amy Schumer because she's powerful and, you know, she yeah. might do things. That, the white witch. Uh, but, you know, guilty. <laughs> that's fine. But, but, you know, it was such a powerful thing where she was standing up for, like, the, the creative soul of people. Yeah. And, like, this guy, like, not th- I don't want to say anything bad about him, but here I go. Here's this guy, you know, an inspirational leader, millions of followers. Sure. And standing for authenticity and doing one of the least authentic things you can possibly do so i've got a little charge around like you know thievery of other people's art yeah you know again i like what you do like i I fucking do that all the time to me that's not deliberate thievery right no 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 i mean especially if it's not deliberate i mean you know people make mistakes uh, you know, uh, everybody's premises. They said, "What? There's only seven real premises out there." Is it? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I mean, you're you're gonna bump into other people's sets. Yeah. But it's when you're verbatim saying it that's when there's a there's 100%. an issue. And uh, you know, uh, when I was nine years old, I did Bill Cosby's entire set in front of my family. <laughs> I did nine did years old did in front you of forty five people. Did you date rape your mom too? Um, you know, she said no. Um, so well, that's. Kind of part of the equation. You just plow through that. That's no, where I went don't wrong. you? Is that where I went wrong? Yeah, I, th- I just had a little throw up come in my mouth. Is that normal? Because you, you are not a good <laughs> Bill Cosby plagiarist, Josh. You are a well, terrible I'm, Bill I'm, Cosby. I was nine. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the reasons why I started doing comedy. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, him and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. I mean, those guys were my idols growing up. Delirious was oh my the God. very first comedy special I've yeah. ever seen. I bet I remember seeing it. it was so amazing. I uh, I walked in on my uh, my 
dad and my brother watching Richard Pryor, um, and uh, like they scooted me out of the room really fast. <laughs> that was yeah, because I mean, motherfucker was coming out of his mouth fast, <laughs> and they were like, "Get Josh out of the damn room!" You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> like the Scarface of comedy. Yeah, and I don't remember what happened after that because I said, "Why the motherfucking kid?" And then I got knocked out. So, but <laughs> I love it. It's too funny. Um. Oh, beautiful. Well, we're right at the end of our free content, which is awesome, and uh, we're going to move forward with our bonus stuff, but all you guys out there, if you like everything you heard so far, you want to hear more JP and I uh, banter back and forth with our, our, our verbal dueling here, uh, please, by all means, uh, check out our Patreon. And I- if you're not a patron yet, why the hell not? We're talking eight quarters. Eight quarters. And JP is having so much trouble with that spot filter. <laughs> But you guys, we love the fact that you come out here and you watch us. Please, by all means, follow this guy. Where can they find information about you online? Yeah, uh, all my social media is Awaken with JP. So follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the all the places. All the places, all the social stuff. Um, it, here's where Brandy would have come up with something hysterically funny. Like one time, she some of our guests said, uh, "Hey, you can find me on all the normal spaces." And she went, "Yeah, like Scruff and." grinder and she was like naming all this um, I, I, me and, I think it was Matt Holt me and Matt Holt were like the hell is scruff she goes oh you don't know where and then we just got it we're like all right let's wait for the bonus stuff let's wait love Brandy Brandy we love you so much honey hope, hope, hope you feel better and uh, guys for JP Sears I'm Josh Sarm we'll see you guys later and we're back for our bonus stuff man yes. that, I swear that last stuff was just amazing and now we're gonna get into the real gritty stuff so this black and no, I'm just kidding. It, it um, feels like what we're about to say is worth paying for, right? <laughs> we're uh, we're hanging out with uh, Elliot Chang one weekend, and we went into the bonus stuff, and he immediately goes, "Yeah." So this black guy walks into, and then he goes, "I'm just kidding, guys." And we were just like, "Okay," because we thought like we had the wrong guy for a second. He's like the. Uh, do you know Elliot or know of him? I don't actually. He's one of the nicest damn guys. I, we uh, we did shows with him out in, uh, at the caravan in Louisville. And uh, talking about one of the nicest headliners oh I've yeah. ever worked with. I mean, he was just he was so laid back. So it was like, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you work with a headliner. You're like, hey, do you mind if I sell merch? No, that'd be good. Um, yeah. um, you know, uh, how much time do you want me to do? How much time can you do? You know, you get like, <laughs> you get all kinds of. Kind of sending pricks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're and you're just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, master. I'll go back in the corner. Um, <laughs> so, you know, being, you know, in the middle or, or an MC, I mean, you, you got to basically do what the headliner wants. Yeah. And, and this guy, he just was amazing. So, uh, super cool. Yeah, so cool. So, you know, you said see kind of fun stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, who who really uh, fun have you worked with recently? You know, um, do you know a comedian from New York named Sean Murphy? I do. Sean is amazing. So, uh, last year I worked with him in St. Louis. He featured for me, and you know, just staying in touch with them. Um, I, I've started bringing him on the road with me. At awesome. Times. So I brought him to Cleveland when I did. Um, hilarities there and then uh i just did a little desert leg of the tour phoenix tucson flagstaff brought him out to open for me and yeah so sean's been great and you know one of the things i love about rocking up to a new city is meeting these brilliant comedians you know i feel so humbled like wow you're you're opening or you're featuring for me like wow that's like this is amazing um I mean, there's so many, and like uh, from, I mean, one of my favorites from, uh, uh, he's from Raleigh, North Carolina, Mike Mello Miller. Do you by chance know of him? I don't know Mike. He is 
he is just a rock star. Amen. I mean, he deserves to have 30 specials on Netflix. And, you know, the the name of the game we live in in 2019, apparently, or part of the game, is you have your social media following. And, and Mike doesn't. And but his comedy is just as good as it can get. So nice. Mike Mella Miller, if you're, you know, ever cross paths with them, like that's drink him in, oh, like in a very yeah. homosexual way. In a homosexual way. Yeah, and, okay. and uh, check out his comedy too. Oh, okay, all right. Well, you know, uh, grinder, I guess is. Right, I think right, that's <laughs> where Brandy would want us to look. She yeah. would definitely want us to look there. Uh, well, and that's a different thing as well from uh, other headlines. Like if you like kill really hard. There are some headliners that will just be like, okay, it's the last time we're working together. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Sean had mentioned, I won't name the headliner's name, but he was doing a, a weekend with this headliner, and uh, over the course of the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sean's feature sets kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> you know, he's supposed to be doing 25 minutes, right. and then, like, the second night, it's like, hey, can you do just, like, 15? Then the third night, it's like, hey, just do, like, a 10 or 11, and... <laughs> So you know you're you're insecure. Yeah, I I just I you know, I my theory on this, and this is just you know my theory, and it's probably bullshit, but I think you want everyone to kill really hard. Hundred percent. I mean, you want the roof to fall off the place and catch fire. Hundred percent. You want everybody leaving with their stomachs hurting, their mouths hurting, and they just are like, holy shit, that was such a great show. And they're going to talk about everybody, and especially they're going to talk about the headliners. That's who they came there to see, dude. In in you know it walking on when I'm headlining and the, the feature is just killed, that is such a gift for you. Like, God, you get yeah. to ride that momentum. And there's been times when I've been in the green room and, like, I feel insecure right now. He's killing. But, like, I'll do this self-talk. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah. Like, it, one, it's okay to feel insecure. Cool. Yeah. But this is nothing but a good thing. And then Absolutely. I think long-term – it uplevels you yeah. because you learn. You're like, okay, now I'm inspired. Like, I fucking got to bring it. I got to really be in the moment, connect yeah. with these people, and then, you know, refine my comedy, improve. So, yeah, I think, you know, otherwise it's just a poverty mentality and everybody yeah. loses with that. It, you know, like, a lot of people don't understand. Like, a headliner has to work through the check drop. They have to work through, you know, people dealing with, like, the food that they have or reordering their drinks. and Like, you, the chunk of the show is on the headline and, and – they have to kill. Yeah. The MC doesn't. The the feature certainly doesn't. But the headliner has to kill. All yeah. the pressure's on the headliner. So the easier you make that person's job, I mean, God, if if you you have the energy, like if your feature just like brings the energy way the hell up to the ceiling, you get on the stage, you clear your throat, they're laughing, you know, and you haven't even done a joke yet. I mean, that's yeah. that's that, that's how you know like it's gonna like I've got I I do a, a certain thing when I when I hit the stage, I I come up to an ACDC song. It's a long way to the top. Because I just love that. ACDC. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Yeah, oh, never heard. Okay. Um, yeah, they they suck. Anyway, so <laughs> I'll come up and I'll I'll just do this to cut the music, and I do this, and if I get laughs, it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little little tester in the water, and it's funny. I'll go like this, and they laugh, and it's like, okay, cool, all right. I love that, and yeah, what a gift! Like the whoever like warmed the crowd up, like, wow, you have an audience that inherently already likes you, even though you don't deserve it, but. <laughs> You know, that's but the gift that the future right. gave. And then, you know, <laughs> like, even though it can be sometimes insecure going on right after someone that killed, the the only thing that's worse is going on right after someone who bombed, yeah. wasted everybody's time. And, you know, it doesn't happen that often, but once in a while there will be an MC who's like, when, when the fuck do you get this job? 
Yeah, I, I, you, there are some that like there are some clubs that are murderous on MC. Like it doesn't matter who the MC. I've I've had guys that I know are straight assassins on that stage being MC and just like it's crickets, and they get off the stage like, the fuck did I do wrong? You know, and then I get on, or another preacher gets on, and this kills, and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, I, there's clubs like that out there where yeah. they just don't like the MC, or they're just not paying attention. The MC's job is to get them focused, let them to get their first drink order. I mean, there's, there's, that's their job. Yeah. You know, to to be really funny, it's great if you are, and if you get them laughing. But I mean, at the end of the day, if the, you can focus them for the feature, great. I mean, we all got our job. Yeah. But yeah, you get into a show where it's MC kills it, feature kills it. Then you jump on the stage, and it's like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have to tell you about my worst experience ever. Oh, I got to hear this. So, I, I don't know. A few months ago, I was doing a, a California tour, and I was in, like, Central California. We are going to be in Central California. And th- this offer came in to go do um, a show in Hayfork, California. So it's a small town in the mountains, like a lot of weed growing around. Like people there are like they're real. <laughs> so, and like cool, like cool. Uh, go in and uh, the venue was like the this, you know, bar, but they had a seating set up well. You know, sold out crowd, awesome. So when I got there, half hour before the show, I was meeting with the owner and he said, uh, "Well, I'm going to open for you." Now, mind you, this is not a comedy club. And the owner has never done comedy. Oh, boy. And I said, okay, how, uh, how long are you doing? And he said, I'm going to do 20 minutes. What the? So, and, you know, I'm like, I want to be power to the people. Plus, he's, he's, the, he's owner. the owner. Like, I always want to encourage people. Like, if you've never done stand-up, like, try it. I have friends, yeah. like, they're not trying to be comedians. But, like, as personal growth, like, a friend messaged me last week. Like, JP, I did a two-minute open mic set. It's such a win. Like, it's yeah. amazing. But I don't really want you to do that before I go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I, I, you know, what can I say? I'm not going to tell the guy, like, no, I don't uh, No, I don't need an opener. Let me just go on. Right. Hindsight, I would have said that. So he said, uh, and I've got a costume, so I'm going to go change into what it. The fuck? <laughs> so. And then tell me you woke up. Cause man. This. This no, sounds like a nightmare. Y- not yet. I hope to wake <laughs> up yet. from this dream soon. <laughs> so it turns out what he did, he had this costume on. You couldn't see his face, like some goofy costume. He goes on, and it, it's not stand-up comedy. It's it. I don't know what it is. You know, he got a, a few, like, kind of pity laughs, you know, the first minute where people are like, all right, cool, we're here to laugh. Like, cool, let's go. And then by like three minutes people were just angry the time's being wasted 15 minutes holy, holy fuck. shit and i'm i mean i'm at four minutes i'm thinking like all right this guy's just gonna hit the eject button he went the full 20 minutes left the stage didn't even introduce me holy shit <laughs> so i come out and i had to break the tension i had to acknowledge it but i didn't want to be mean or shaming so i just said something like what, 20 minutes went fast, didn't it? And then <laughs> just on. So people laughed, broke the tension a little bit. Now, after this show, and I want to leave this guy nameless. Like, he's inherently a great guy. He just, they don't do comedy at the club. He didn't know, like, this is, like, the worst thing you could possibly do. Sure. So after the show, his, his mom said, you know, it's um, so-and-so. He, he 
went home because he drank a lot after he came off stage because he felt like it didn't go well and people were angry at him. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And then a couple minutes later, the sound guy, he was just laughing about it, like probably hated his boss. He's sure. like, yeah, um, I was. he did that whole thing on a recording. So when he was up there, he was, you know, he had a mask on, so he wasn't even talking. He was just at the mic acting like he was talking, but his whole quote-unquote routine was via a recording, and that's got to be one of the reasons why he couldn't hit the eject button. So you just got to imagine <laughs> this poor bastard <laughs> in this stuck. costume prison for 20 fucking minutes. I mean, he had to, this is going horribly. He just obviously wanted to run out, but he couldn't because it was all being lip synced. And that, so that I can't imagine a, a, a deeper hole that one has to dig out of. I I think that tops everything. I'm like I'm going. Through, I can't think of anything that would be worse than that. Man, I mean, this was California I mean, I, I weed mean, country. You'd have to go to meth country to get like a worse opening experience, I guess. I mean, aside from guy just like openly taking a dump on the stage before you got there. I don't think there'd be any way somebody could shit the bed worse than that. That's yeah. just wow. It was not and exciting. And you, you went on stage and killed, though. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it, it went well. And, I mean, I went on stage. I was angry. I, I was. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, these, these I'm headlining, these people came out to see me, and you're, you know, and doing over an hour of comedy. Inherently, it's a tough job, sure. even though I love it. So you're making my tough job, high-pressure job, fucking harder for me. So yeah. I was angry, yet, you know, I had to do some quick self-talk. Like, these people are here to see me. I want to give them my absolute best. I don't want to just be angry and resentful, not at them, but at the, this yeah. owner. So, yeah, I, I gave them a good show and, and, and you believe ended in up going well. You, you believe in that self-talk. I do. I, you know, before I go on stage, any show, I'm doing self-talk. I do the same thing. And, and I'm curious, like, what's the gist of your self-talk? Okay, what are you telling I yourself? am all about saying I am the funniest guy in this room. I'm going to go on that stage. I'm going to give these people a good time. It's going to be funny. And, like, I'm saying all this in my head, and I just I pep myself up. Yeah. And uh, one of my mentors, actually, he, he, said, he said, this is what I do. He goes, you're welcome to do it, too. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'm going to do it, too. I love that. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, it, like, I don't, I don't really get nerves anymore, I guess. Um, I, I guess sometimes I do, but, like, the minute I hit the stage, everything's fine. Yeah. You know, which means, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's normal, but, I mean, I just, I care. Because people yeah. say, but if you don't have nerves, you don't care. No, I care. I just. It's, it's you're sociopathic. Right. You care about the. <laughs> yeah. In, in similar, you know, I, and I love that self-talk. I To me, it makes a difference. I and, think it does. And I'm always telling myself, don't compare myself to other comedians that I have in my no. head. Don't compare. Don't worry what people are thinking. Connect. Yeah. Connect, connect, connect. And that's what's most important to me. Because, you know, you can get in your head, and naturally, especially maybe trying some new material. So it can be heady. So for me, it's always important. Like, yeah, this is, first and foremost, this is a an art of connection. These sure. people are here live. And, and once in a while, I'll forget to do the self-talk, and I'll come off stage. And usually things felt like, you know, 15 degrees off. It's like, wow, I forgot to do the self-talk. I was a little yeah. too in my head. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I like that. Uh, aliens, you believe in them? Yes. Okay. Bigfoot? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we had to get those things out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> and what about you? 
Um, I totally believe that we are not alone. I think yeah. it's ridiculous. That, I mean, it, what a bunch. I mean, we say, every time I ask this question, I say the same statement. If we are by ourselves, then that is a hell of a lot of wasted space up there. I it is. I and, you know, though I don't know the absolute truth of anything. And sure. Nothing I've ever said in my entire life has been scientifically validated. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Yet to believe we're the only ones, like we're so special that we're the only ones. Right. Like, how narcissistic could it's we get? Incredibly narcissistic. And, and uh, Dr. Uh, what's his name? The uh, Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, uh, he said life is inevitable. And he is the, the, uh, the what the hell is the, the guy from the 70s? Oh, uh, um, um, Carl Sagan. Sagan. He's the Carl Sagan of our era. He is. I mean, he's brilliant. And he, Carl Sagan taught him. Oh, did he? I didn't you know, know that. He, uh, he, matter of fact, when he was going to the like as a high school student going out to see the different colleges he went to Dr. Sagan's college and actually met Dr. Sagan and he gave him the tour of the campus well it ended up being a really rainy snowy night and you know when he dropped off at the, the bus stop to go home and Dr. Sagan uh, gave him his phone number and his address and says if the bus doesn't come or if you just don't feel safe he goes you can stay at my house tonight oh wow. i mean and just gave him a letter you know of recommendation to his high school saying yeah we really would like this guy and can you imagine carl sagan you, know, you get a letter from him to yeah. go, i mean that's, but that's why neil's like amazingly smart now because he just he followed that man's footsteps that's amazing yeah i don't agree with calling uh, astronomers, doctors. I think no. only only like the the doctor doctors should doctor, be doctor. doctor. Like I get it. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's four thousand times smarter than me and anybody else. He's probably smarter than doctor doctors. <laughs> but he and Doctor Sagan, like, come on, y'all aren't doctors. Like you're you're smart. That's great. Like if you want to be like Sir Albert Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'll call you that. <laughs> but that's. I that. see. I I agree with what you're saying to a point. I I think the doctor thing is is valid mainly because it's you're a doctor of something yep. other than medicine. But uh, I, for me, PhD always stood for piled higher and deeper. <laughs> I, <So. agree. laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, man? Yes, the proof that aliens are out there is here. We are. Yeah. Because what if you know? There's other civilizations out there saying like w are there aliens out there and we are the evidence to them that there's aliens so we well, let's look no further i mean we are made of stardust and yeah. that's, that's what uh, neil's always says he says we're made of stardust every life is inevitable yeah. it would happen on here no matter what you can blow us up or you blow the whole planet up and you know hundred thousand years or wherever it would take for the earth the earth will recover and life will happen again and it's probably happened a bunch of times already. We've probably blown ourselves up in the past. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. That, I mean, I bet you Mars was inhabited at one point in time in, in the history of the solar system. And When you think about infinity, yeah, which is obviously, I think, the one thing we inherently can't think about. It's right. beyond comprehension. You know, the faculty of our mind, like the faculty of anything, it has its inherent limitations. Like a car can only do so much. I think the mind can only do so much. And yeah. it, it, granted, it's a brilliant faculty. Sure. But if you think about infinity, like how how many times has the Big Bang, you know, expansion, then eventual contraction, then another Big Bang happened? Sure. 
he said, well, the universe is like whatever, five billion years old or whatever, whatever it, is. it is. Yeah, in this current cycle of exhalation. Sure. And then there's going to be the inhalation. So, yeah, like we we Just matter so much. And the paradox is we're so insignificant. Right. <laughs> we're a speck of dust. We are, we are the, the small blue dot. Dude, and it doesn't even look blue unless you're super close. Right. Because <laughs> you saw that picture that you were where, where Carl Sagan was talking about the small blue dot. Yeah. It was on like the one of the like off one of the rings of Saturn, like the the Viking or whatever it was took a picture yeah, back, cool. and like you couldn't tell it was blue. You know, yeah. it just we just knew that's that was Earth, and it was like yeah, it might have been something on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Clean the screen. <laughs> but yeah, the last thing I would uh, say, uh, I love to invite people to do something uncomfortable that feels purposeful. I think that's a recipe for true happiness, not gratification, but true happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. I don't think the good things in life are found within our comfort zone. I think we like to be comfortable because it makes us feel safe, but our comfort zone soon becomes our coffin. So I think a willingness to feel scared but do things anyway, a willingness to feel uncomfortable is the recipe to have a great life. And, you know, I know a lot of the great things in my life, my wife, my career, uh, and, and I know some of the things in your life, the greatest things wouldn't be there unless you got uncomfortable. You know, totally true. stand-up comedy, a love of yours, like, how uncomfortable was that the first time? Very. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's profound. Oh, that statement. thank that's, you. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Thank you. That's awesome, I man. Feel I now identify as Dr. Sears. There you go. <laughs> it, you know, you had to get rid of Roebuck first, but then exactly. everything that happened. didn't work out too well. It didn't work out. No, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you so much. You betcha. Thank you for having it, me. Josh. It was awesome, man. I, I went on Instagram and I just I messaged him. I said, "Hey, man, we do this out of uh, comedy on Broadway. You, you into it?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah!" And I love that. I was I was like, "This guy's already right. said fuck yeah." That's yeah. cool. Well, I thought you were someone else when you messaged me. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> But no, this has been such a joy, brother. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, for JP Sears, I'm Josh Farm. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, guys. I uh, hope you liked the video. And if, if you like the, the show, make sure you throw a like down there somewhere. There should be a like. And uh, there's a subscribe button over here. And hit the bell. And hit the bell. Yeah, ring the bell. And, uh, you know, check us out, man. Stay in touch with us. We're always putting out videos every week. And uh, it should be a lot of fun, right? Red as a letter. Yeah, red as rain. Red as a man. Trapped in our minds and trapped in the zoo Ooh, if we only have a new
trouble cause them not playing rough So I try to start a fire with the rhythm that's tough We need a revolution but we can't get enough A YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and that stuff We need more social activity Physically in this reality There's too much digital calamity Oh let us be what we need for prosperity But we keep on using up more than we need And we build on slavery, power and greed And I weep every time that I watch TV So I focus on my jing and my shen and my chi Soaking up pure infinity Kundalini shakti for energy We're kissing goodbye to negativity Oh let it be just free your mentality I said ooh If I only ever knew I'm trapped in my mind and trapped in the zoo Ooh If I only ever knew uh, And so are you Ooh If we only ever knew We're trapped in our minds and trapped in the zoo Ooh If we only ever knew We are all chosen. We are all golden, right? We are all chosen. Uh, we are all golden, all right? We are all chosen. Yeah, no. We are all golden. One more time. We are all chosen. 